Okay, okay. Coming onto the screen now. Here we are. Hey, Marissa. Hey, boo. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm super excited. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. We're one day closer to Friday. I'm good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So let me just introduce real quick. So hello and welcome to the second episode of The Well Project's A Girl Like Me Live, which is a new interactive live streaming series, events in health and wellness discussions and education among women living with and vulnerable to HIV. Every two weeks, ICC will sit down with different co-hosts to chat about key topics in our community. So today I will speak with Marissa Gonzalez, one of the Well Project's Community Advisory Board members, and she's so fantastic at it. And um, we will be discussing dating and disclosure, which is a really popular topic. And I know you have so much to say about this. So I'm just going to take a moment and ask you to introduce yourself, um, your affiliations, you know, anything you want us to know about you. Sounds good. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Cece, for having me on this episode with you. Shout out to The Well Project for putting this together. I'm so excited for this new movement. Um, so as Cece stated earlier, my name is Marissa Gonzalez. I am a community advisory board member with The Well Project. I um, have been doing that actually since January of 2021. Um, I am also a fellowship graduate with Positive Women's Network. I am a Greater Than AIDS ambassador. I do blogging for a girl like me through the Well Project. I am an ambassador, a youth ambassador for Youth Across Borders. Um, so those are some of my affiliations. Hey, I'm so happy to have you here. So I think one of the main reasons, not the main reason, because I feel like we all have so much to say about dating and disclosure, but you wrote a blog one time for the Well Project and the title <laughs> just was like, OMJ. So that, um, it was like, why are you dating and you're HIV positive or something like that? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes, um, so I've been positive since 2016, um, and I went public with my status, I want to say 2018, somewhere around there, and within the last maybe year and a half, I decided, okay, I'm ready to put myself back out there, ready to see, you know, what possibilities and potential there is for sparking something for love, and I had one guy say, why are you dating if you have HIV, and I'm just like, excuse me? Like, just because I have HIV doesn't mean that I can't date, doesn't mean that I don't deserve to be loved the same way everybody else deserves to be loved. So that's really where that blog stemmed from. <clears throat> Wait, I can't believe that somebody would ask you, like, just come out and say, why are you dating? If Did you use that as an opportunity to educate or, like, were you really offended? I don't really know how I would have responded. I think I'm trying to recall back to that particular incident. I, depending on how the comment rubs me, because that's not the only comment that I've gotten that stems from people being uneducated. I've gotten all kinds of crazy comments. And depending on the tone, and I know it's hard to perceive somebody's tone through messaging, or depending on my mood that they catch me in, I either respond really aggressively in a negative way, or I try to put like, educator marissa had on and try to like teach something i honestly don't remember what i said in that moment um but it was probably something along the lines of what i had said earlier was just because i had hiv doesn't mean that i don't deserve the same thing that other people deserve you know what always rubs me the wrong way um because i actually became um i got my hiv diagnosis about 13 years ago june 4th is my date so i'm like 13 years, two weeks into this. And I was 20 and I just couldn't understand why other people didn't. <laughs> like if it happened to me, it could literally happen to anybody. So for you to make a comment right. like that, um, it kind of makes me feel like you're putting yourself up here. Like I'm just so different from you. Mm -hmm. 
to this guy, right? So I'm sitting here pregnant, belly all out. And he walked by me on the street and he wanted my number. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I still got it. You know, all right. So I gave him my number. Um, I don't know how much I would have entertained the situation anyway, but you know, we talked and it was maybe within 10 minutes of the conversation. He's like, well, I want a friend. I was like, okay, well, I'll be your friend. He was like, no, I'm not a little boy. I'm talking about like, you know, a friend friend. I was like, oh, oh if you okay. trying to have sex and do all of that, then look, here's the conversation. So I mm-hmm. take it, I go to the far extreme and like, look, you just seem like you're trying to go around and put your penis into anything. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. I've been living mm-hmm. with HIV for this amount of time. You might want to be a little bit more careful with, you know, what you <laughs> who you are offering your sexual services to and all of it, because mm-hmm. you just don't know. And it does amaze me, not that it surprises me, but it amazes me how much, you know, free penis and free coochie <laughs> is given without, you know, even People are just willing to give out. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> without even asking about a status or anything, just because you mm-hmm. see something, you know, that looks good walking down the street and all people deserve love, but, Let's have these conversations first. You don't even know my middle nor my last name. And you are already right. ready. Like we skipped the whole dating part, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like that's probably part of, I don't want to say the problem, but I think that's a commonality within our generation's dating and dating now in 2021 and dating through COVID. You would think dating through COVID would pause a lot of people to stop and think about some things. I mean, we've gone through this whole pandemic about being mindful of sanitation and all these other things, but when it comes to sexual relationships, it's like in one ear out the other kind of thing. They have no regard for it at all. Literally. And with COVID, like, (laughs) that was so scary. You know, I've just today I had the thought of OMG, like me and my son have made it through, knock on wood, this pandemic, you know, and we've been fine. And I have been mm-hmm. taking the precautions. I've been wearing my mask everywhere. I've been washing my hands, doing everything, you know, that they were telling us to do. Um, so I feel like I have taken some responsibility and accountability for my own health and wellness. And it makes me feel really good, you know that we haven't, but how easy it is to go and go get a positive diagnosis of COVID. And then you would be thinking back, you know, who all you were around, who all you came in contact Mm -hmm. with. (sighs) It's the same thing as as having sex. It's really no different. Like, even though it's two totally different types of settings, the, the processes and everything behind it are exactly the same. And I mean, like you said, you took your own necessary precautions. And I think that's the same thing with sexual health and with dating, we really have to be the ones to have our voices as the soundboard because nobody else is worried about it. We unfortunately have to be the ones to have those conversations and those uncomfortable conversations because I don't know about you, but for me, I, I like, I'll be honest, before my diagnosis, those weren't really conversations that I was having. And I think it also stems from a cultural background, lack of education, these aren't things that culturally we talked about. So I think growing up, that's where that also stems from in regards to not having those conversations. Like, why would you have to have those conversations, though? You can't just look at somebody and tell. Right. Right. And that's the thing. So many people think that there's a face and it's like, no, there's no face. It can literally happen to anyone, if you are engaging in the behavior that can lead you to an HIV diagnosis, an STI, STD diagnosis, it can happen to you. Doesn't really matter your race, doesn't matter matter your social, economic status, doesn't matter how much you have in the bank, it doesn't matter. If you're engaging in those behaviors, it can happen to you. And I find that in the dating world, so many people are so judgmental that they don't think about those things. They don't think about Oh, it can happen to me. Like they automatically just put this like it's like the um what's that the scarlet letter? They put the A on you like instantly, automatic as soon as they hear it or see it. So that brings me to another question that I often get. So is there a certain time that you disclose when you're dating someone 
Like, do you wait? Do you allow them to put this scarlet letter on you and keep it moving? Like, when do you decide is the time for you to tell someone that you're living with each other? can't hear you. <laughs> All right. So while you get that together, let me say. It says your mic isn't connected. Okay, so while Marissa gets her camera and her mic together, I will go ahead and share my own experiences of how and when, you know, I let some that I disclose to someone. Um, I am the type of person that I just go ahead and tell them what my status is from the beginning. And I think it has a lot to do. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the fear of rejection. So I've been in situations before where like me and the guy were really, really close and we were really feeling each other. And then I disclosed my status and that happened to be the thing that, you know, made us not talk anymore. He didn't want to be involved with someone that was living with HIV. And at that moment, I found it to be really hard because it was like, dang, you know, I was good in so many other areas, but now my HIV status is what has made you not want to talk to me anymore. So I went back to 2008 and I started like beating myself up for those moments right there. So I figured that it would be better for me to just go ahead and tell people from the beginning so that HIV wasn't the factor. Um... But I have heard the perspectives of other people who wait to tell because they don't feel like, you know, it is always necessary for the other person to know. Because maybe after two or three dates, maybe I don't even like you anymore and you don't need to know that and very, you know, special and intimate part about me. So I get that point too. I've tried both ways and you know, that way just happens to work for me. Let's see if I can get um, Marissa back on. Wait, there she goes. All right, Marissa, you there? I can see you, can't hear you. Okay, hold on. Let's see. It says that your mic is not connected. Okay, are you in your AirPods or on a car? You're not there anymore. Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna remove and let's say. All right, I am going to go on and go on with the conversation. Marissa will be back soon. I know she will. So we posed this question to our community advisory board, you know, what things that they would like to talk about during this stream. And one thing that someone brought up was where are people meeting folks? And this is always so interesting to me. Like, where are people meeting? I'm a millennial. Can you hear me? Yes. Ah! <laughs> so sorry. No people problem. I'm on this side. Somebody video called me and it totally, I ignored it, but it threw the whole thing off. I had to shut off my AirPods. I'm so sorry. Do I sound it's okay? Fine. Yes, you sound great. Okay, good. It's fine. <laughs> so I can stop talking to myself now. Sorry, and guys. you can help me answer this question. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Okay, what's the question? Let's go. The question okay. was, where are people meeting folks? And I was just going to say, you know, with me being a millennial, I do a lot of online dating. Um, and back in the day, it was kind of frowned upon 
or whatever. But now I'm seeing more and more people becoming involved with online dating. I like it. <laughs> How you feel? I definitely gravitate towards online dating. I know other generations definitely do frown upon it. Um, I've actually even had people say it's it's similar to like that arranged type marriage type thing because you're kind of like going in blindly. Um, but I mean, for people, especially for millennials, millennials, we're hustlers. We have 10,000 million jobs. We're always doing something. We're always on social media. We're always trying to find ways to build ourselves and to better ourselves. Um, so I think naturally it's easier to gravitate towards social, um, not social media, but to go towards online dating. Because even somebody like me who is professionally involved in so much in my community locally, I almost feel like while I meet a lot of people, I'm not meeting a lot of people in the bracket that I would consider as far as like dating because professionally everybody's already married or everybody already has kids. And I think that's a whole nother topic in itself when you consider getting older in age when you're in your 30s, finding someone who is single as well is also difficult. Or actually, is anybody single? Because I done been the side chick a few different times, you know, by accident. It wasn't nothing I ever planned for. You know, people claim that they're single, but single in today's day and age seems to have a different meaning than what I had in my mind. You know, single meant that you weren't seeing anybody. You, No one would be upset that you were talking to somebody else. You weren't living with anybody in my head. But once I got yeah. to like the dating scene, because I was married, you know, pretty young. But jumping back out there, it was like, whoa, everybody's connected to everybody or someone, it seems like, in some type of way, you know. And so many mm -hmm. people are just dishonest. They're dishonest about their relationship status, their commitment status, and then even more so about, you know, their STI status. So it's so much trust that goes into that whole dating process that sometimes I just feel like it's not worth it. I don't feel like starting over again with somebody else in their lives. It's definitely not easy. And I feel like with, I was actually just having this conversation with somebody last week. I feel like the reason that they say divorces are more occurring now versus in the past, the reason relationships don't last as long, I think it's because our generation has become so accustomed to options and options being so easily available. I mean, how quick is it for you from your phone, a tablet, whatever you're using, to download a dating app, literally five seconds to download, create a profile, and within instantly, you have thousands of options for you to even just converse with available to you. So I think that's something that definitely makes dating harder. Um, I think another thing that adds to the difficulties now is call me old fashioned. I believe in monogamy. I believe in being with one person. I believe in sexually being with one person. I believe in just being with one person in all aspects. And I think today, a lot of people and to each its own, but I think today, a lot of people are really gravitating towards like a poly type of relationship or having uh, multiple partners to determine which one is the right one. So that definitely I found has made dating a little harder. I, and I can't tell you how many times I've been offered to be a third. And I'm just like, I can't like I cannot like you're a beautiful <laughs> girl. You're handsome as hell. I personally I, I just. Call me greedy, call me old fashioned. I don't know, but I can't. I'm not, I don't like sharing. So, okay. Um, we have two things from the comments that I want to go yep. back and discuss. So, okay. one person asks, like they're starting, you know, the online dating stuff. Mm -hmm. What are some precautions that you suggest that she takes? Um, I would say precautions for online dating is definitely listen to your intuition. When it comes to online dating, it's very hard to gauge what someone's intentions are with you. So you really have to learn to like read between the lines. And if you get like that gut feeling like this is a weirdo, this doesn't feel right, like listen to it and just, you know what, this isn't working. If you want to ghost them, stop replying, 
block them so they don't keep messaging you, like whatever you need to do to not communicate with that individual anymore. But I think listening to whatever hits your spirit, and I'm very spiritually inclined, but I feel like if something within you tells you this feels weird, it's probably weird and you should just exit as soon as possible. My suggestion is simple. Background check everybody. Everybody gets the background that. check. Yeah, what you mean? What you mean? Oh, what send you... me the link, sis. Send me the link. Oh, they are there. It's the... You can get a um a, a free trial. They'd be like a dollar for 30 days or something. Trust me. I've been there. I'm Absolutely. You may I'm even cheap. need to invest in it if you're going to be online dating. Paid a little couple dollars, you know. Mm. It's just service because there are so many things. People will paint themselves in so many different ways behind, you know, and you'll see them on one act with this one picture and they're telling this one story and then you'll see them on another act and they're telling with a different story. story. No, 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 no. Yeah. I've been, I have met some crazies like and not referring to their mental health, but just their actions, mm -hmm. you know, people that have wanted to cause me harm. Right. Um, I will say that is a worry of mine, like, because I'm open about my status. And I know um, Portia said that she was interested in knowing, like, when I disclose and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's on my dating profile. It's the first thing on my dating profile. It's the first thing you read. Like, at one point, like, because I didn't want it to be all about my diagnosis. Like, I wanted you to see me as a person first. So I had, like, this little bio, nothing crazy. And then at the bottom of it, it stated, um, living with HIV and undetectable, if you don't know what means ask me or google it and i was finding that so many dudes were messaging me but but then when it came to me asking that i have hiv i'm you know i'm undetectable and all that other stuff so i asked the question okay cool i don't mind exchanging numbers but did you read my profile do you know what hiv is do you know what undetectable means and they're like hiv what so I'm finding that people aren't even reading profiles. So I took that sentence and I moved it all the way to the top. And the very first thing you read, HIV, HIV positive and undetectable. Since people don't know how to read, that's literally verbatim. Since people don't know how to read, let's get this out the way, HIV positive and undetectable. And girl, I still find that people are like, HIV, what? I'm just like, y'all can read for nothing. And then there's the flip side where people are like, is that true? Why would I lie? Why would somebody lie about that on a dating profile? So for me personally, disclosure, I attempted for it to be instantly before you even message me, but I've also learned that people don't read. So <laughs> it's generally within the first couple sentences of conversation, because for me, I don't want to waste my time. I understand what type of society we live in. I understand, especially culturally, um, I generally date black men, Hispanic men. So I understand culturally, these aren't things that they're used to. So I make sure that it's one of the first things that I mentioned, because I'm not trying to waste my time. If it's not something that you can see past, I'm not going to invest my time trying to have a conversation with you, trying to get to know you for you to then peace out because you don't understand. Absolutely. That's sort of along the lines of where I was getting it with my response as well. Like, I don't know. And for me, it was the big theme of rejection. Like, you know, being with somebody and everything else is cool. Now you want to beat me up and I'm beating myself up because mm. I, you know, became a woman living with HIV back in 2008. Like, come on, dude. I done been through so much <laughs> since that time. a great person, but I'm not beat on trying to, you know, prove myself to nobody. I'm not trying to beg you to be into my life and all of that. So, it just is what it is. And we mm -hmm. are not for everybody. Like, I know that everybody isn't going to like me. I don't like everybody. And I'm not about to sit here and take everybody else's mess just because, you know, I'm a woman living with HIV. No, mm -hmm. you got, like, it's other people living with stuff that are on my, you know, I don't want that in my life list mm -hmm. if I had one of those. So, no, I'm not doing all of it. Yeah. And I think um, a lot stems from people being judgmental, not understanding, not being willing to learn. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are so closed-minded that they just hear STD, STI, HIV, and they're just like, deuces, peace out. And don't get me wrong, I've had some people like, 
oh, it doesn't bother me. Like, I'm not going to judge you based off of your past. I want to get to know you for you type stuff. But I personally find that those messages are few and far between. Like, there's definitely more of the opposite versus that. Absolutely. So, like, what would you tell someone who keeps going through all of those rejections? Like, do they just give up? Do they? How do you build yourself back up after one of them? I think depending on you as a person, you have to really accept your diagnosis before putting yourself out there. I will say that because the rejection is going to happen regardless. It's inevitable. Even without the diagnosis, rejection is inevitable. It just kind of adds another layer to it. Um, But I think you really have to be secure in yourself and knowing your worth and loving yourself to know that, you know what, if this person is uneducated or or ignorant and they can't see past it, they don't deserve my time anyway. Um, So I think after a while, you definitely need to take a break. You definitely need to take a cleanse. Um, I was actually on a dating cleanse before I got the invitation to do this show. Um, Because after a while, it just gets to be a lot. And sometimes we just need to put our energy into other things. And sometimes we just need to put the energy into ourselves. Absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. Now, a dating cleanse, I... I feel like I'm being forced into one now <laughs> because I just don't want to date while pregnant. But um, I don't know. I got married when I was 23, I think. So that was soon after my diagnosis. And it was because, like, I found this guy that... um. You know, he said he loved me and all of that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you love me and I have HIV. You must really love me. And mm-hmm. the more that we, you know, went on, I realized that, no, that maybe he was just very manipulative. Maybe he saw that as a weakness of mine. Because like you said, mm-hmm. at that point, I don't know how much I had accepted my own diagnosis or felt like I was able to, you know, require certain things from the other person. Um Oh, no, that was definitely the opposite of what I was thinking. And the more that I get to know him, you know, even today, I'm like, you are definitely not a guy of um, integrity, not anybody that I would ever want to date now. And I I married you. (laughs) So I think that 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 acceptance and that self-love, you know, regardless of HIV status, that has to come before because we'll find, you know, maybe sometimes our weight or our past or, you know, other traumas will have us thinking that we have to just take on other people in their mess. And that definitely is not the case. I'd rather be single (laughs) and not putting up with anybody else's mess than, you know, putting up with other people's mess. And I just posted, I'm not sure if you saw the other day where I was like, I think I'm the problem. Like I might be the person with the issue with commitment because it's really hard for me to just say, yes, I want to settle down for this. And I want this every day. And yes, let's do this. I'd rather throw somebody away. And that sounds so bad, but I'd rather start over. It's too many people in this world to be sitting down with one person, taking them in all they mess. And maybe, yes, maybe I am the issue. <laughs> well, and I think that's the thing, too. I'm not going to lie. You're cutting out a lot on my end. And I think it's okay. just because it's raining where I'm at. So I'm trying to catch the conversation. Okay. But I think you're right in understanding, like, it's part of not settling. Just because you have this person who says that they love you and doesn't prove it with actions, obviously doesn't love you. And a lot of people do look at us those of us that are diagnosed with HIV or any other STD or STI, they look at it as a weakness, which is why I say you really have to accept your diagnosis because people will be out here trying to use you just because they know so many people are probably rejecting us that we're just going to accept the first thing that looks like love. And I'm not going to lie. That's one of the main reasons I stayed with my ex for a while after diagnosis, because I was like, who the hell is going to love me now? Who the hell is going to want me now? And it was easier to be with him instead of having to constantly disclose, constantly having to go through rejection. And finally, I was like, I can't keep doing this to myself. I deserve to be with somebody who's going to act like they love me, not just say they love me and then treat me the opposite. 
Yeah, that's confusing. That's confusing to the mind and the heart. Like you saying one but thing out your mouth. That's narcissism. That's is exactly that, what it is. I've been having a hard time trying to find it. Is that what they call it? Gaslighting? Is that oh. okay? I'm not gonna get into these big terms because I don't know nothing about none of it. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't like it. And I really much rather be by myself. Aisha just put in the comment. She says she has no balance. Okay. So either she'll leave really quick or she'll stay too long. Absolutely. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that comment. Um, staying too long. And I think something that helps motivate me not stay as long as I probably, you know, feel like I want to because of the fear of loneliness or whatever is watching those relationships that my mom and my grandmother had and watching them hold on to marriages for, you know, 20 plus years, but they were miserable. And I heard my mom mm -hmm. say at one point, you know, I gave him all of my good years and I'm like, whoa, I don't want to give somebody else all of my good years. I'd rather just go around and shop around and see, you know, if someone, and I, huh? It's exhausting having to shop around, but I'd rather do bad by myself than with somebody else because that energy, and I know, I like I said, I'm spiritual, but that energy really, really affects you. And it's not worth it. It is not worth it yes. to be in a relationship miserable we don't deserve to be miserable nobody deserves to be miserable we deserve to be loved we enjoy we deserve to enjoy life yes 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 that's um women not living with hiv have these issues yes and when i'm asked this question you know what's it like dating with hiv i'm like yo well you know it's hard anyway you know so just adding in the extra layer of living with hiv it does make it a little bit more difficult but we all have you know our own specific issues our insecurities or whatever it is that makes it a little difficult um we had another question or point from our cab and they said, does where you meet people have an effect on how they accept disclosure? So like the club, the grocery store, church, like, have you ever disclosed in any of those variety of settings? I personally haven't disclosed in any of those variety of settings. Um, I trying to think back I don't usually get hit on like like I do but not really so like if I'm in a grocery store like somebody will look at me they'll smile they'll say hey but then they keep walking and I'm like all right well if you don't have the balls enough to actually stop me have a conversation ask me for my number then it is what it is um but I also think the area that I live in there's not a lot of people that are public with their status so while I'm not saying every single person in southwest Florida knows who I am and knows about my status I run in a group of people who are involved in poetry, involved in the arts, who are business owners, who are entrepreneurs. So I know a lot of people in that realm. And I think for the most part, a lot of them know me as what I do professionally, but also the girl who's out about living with HIV. So I haven't really had to disclose like personally, I did once. Um, and that was before I went public with my status, like on my dating app. Um, this was, I was diagnosed in May, in December. I initially, same year of diagnosis, attempted to do the online dating just to kind of like get myself out that rut. Um, and I didn't have it on my profile and I met this guy and like, I tell, I tell him to this day, we're actually still really good friends. Like, I'm so glad he is the first person that I ever had to come out to because he was just so fucking sweet about the whole thing. Um, we had initially met. I went over to his house. He cooked me dinner. We're laying on the couch watching a movie. We kind of start kissing. Things get hot and heavy. And, like, I, like, my anxiety is heightening like crazy. And I pull back, and I'm like, I got to go. Um, and he walks me to my car, and he can just, like, you can read it all over my face. Like, there is something wrong. Um, and he asked me, you know, are you okay? And I just, like... I was like, no, I'm not. I was like, I'm HIV positive. 
he actually gave me a hug. He gave me a kiss on the forehead. He was like, you know, I appreciate you for being honest with me. He's like, let me know when you get home. We had a conversation the whole drive home. We talked for like three more hours on the phone. And I know that that is not the norm. I know not everybody is going to react that way. But that really showed me not everybody's going to be an asshole. And to this day, him and I are cool. Um, he knows that I appreciate him so much for just being a person to see past that. But again, I know that that's not always going to be the circumstance. I love that you were able to see the positive side of it. Like to be able to see that everyone won't respond like that, you know, negatively. Um, there was so much going on in the comment section just now. So Bose said that you are bold and you are beautiful. And I absolutely agree with that. Um, Portia said, is it bad that she automatically assumes that when people jump into her inbox that, <laughs> that they have an STI or that something is wrong with them? <laughs> You're cutting out. Um, I know you're reading the comments, but I'm missing it because it's cutting out for me for some reason. Okay. Portia said that when people jump into her inbox, she feels like something is wrong with them. Like, is that bad that she assumes that? <laughs> Absolutely. You should assume people in your inbox, there's something wrong with them. If you're talking about Bridget, newly cab member Bridget, Bridget, no, you're no, beautiful. no. Is Portia. Oh, Portia. Portia's beautiful too. What you talking about? <laughs> Portia. I feel like, but I feel like, I'm my camera angle. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I feel like thinking that in your head, though, like, I feel like that means that you're still learning your worth. We can love ourselves all day, but when we have those kind of thoughts, like, is there something wrong with me? And again, you have to be very cautious of the reason that people are in your inbox. They could be playing off to to see how vulnerable you are, trying to use you, whatever the case may be. So unfortunately, as women living with HIV, we do need to be a little bit of cautious with who we allow into our lives. But you won't know that, you know, you have to have conversations. But you should never think that just because somebody is in your inbox trying to date you, that there's something wrong with them. And Cece, you're frozen again. You're muted. Wait, I'm good. All right. Can you hear me? A little bit. You keep okay. cutting out. Well, I'm on. I, I'm not sure which M we're having an issue on. Um, and I think Portia was. raining. It's raining on my end. I'm in the car. It's cool. I probably it's all right. We're just going to huh? keep on moving. I said it's all right. We're just no. going to keep on moving. No, let's so, keep moving. Um, I'm, I'm trying to catch what I can. We keep it going. <laughs> I think um, referring back to Portia's comment is she was thinking that something, she thinks something is wrong with the other person, not anything with, wrong with her. Uh -oh. But she, yeah, she assumes that. Um, and that's funny to me but because there's something wrong with them. I assume something's wrong with everybody anyway. And I think that as the older I get and the more experiences I go through, because I used to start off, and it's really weird. My mom talks to me about this all the time. If I meet somebody, they usually start off with an A with me. Like you have to really work your way off of an A with me. And so you do something, now you had a B minus, now you're at a C, now you're failing. And she helped me to, you know, reshape that perspective. Why not, you know, everybody have to earn that great with you? Why not them have to earn that trust and all of that? And I was like, mom, well, you're right. You know, that does make a little bit of sense. And so I've been trying to, you know, operate that way now. And I think that that's pretty helpful. So, um, oh, the question Krista asked was how do you feel about the word disclosure? Could you hear that? No, I put my AirPod in to try to see if it gets better, but for some reason you were cutting out bad on my end. Um, so can you hear me now? Uh, it's coming in and out, but go ahead, ask the question. Hopefully I can get enough pieces. I'm gonna close my eyes so I can really listen. <laughs> 
What do you feel about the word disclosure? What do I feel about the word disclosure? Yes. 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 Um, I think there's always going to be something for anybody to disclose. Um, so I don't really see disclosure in a negative way. I think regardless if it's HIV or something else, there's always going to be something for somebody to disclose. I'm backstage. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. You're not backstage. Can you hear me? Yes. Are we good? Yes. I'm sorry for technical difficulties, guys. I'm so sorry. Come on, we're um, in the age of technology. It's fine. Good. What was the last thing you heard? Um, you think that there's always going to be something that somebody has to disclose about, so you don't really feel a way about it. Yeah, I don't see the word disclosure in a negative light because we're there's always going to be something that we need to disclose. Now, when you think about disclosure and criminalization laws, that's a whole different story, a whole different topic. Um, but I guess it kind of realms and me meshes with this conversation, too, because depending on the state you're in, you might be obligated to disclose before having. Okay, but she just totally went off. Um, so I'll continue on with that point. Yeah, depending on where you live, you may be required to disclose. And that's I think that that kind of has a lot to do with why I disclosed so early in my own personal life as well, too. I got diagnosed in Georgia. And at the time, I lived in a place where they told me if I didn't disclose my status to someone, and we had sex that it was like a 10-year felony. And I'm like, yo, I'm not the type of person for jail. You know, all I did was end up with an HIV status. I can't do jail. So let me just tell everybody so that nobody could ever say that I didn't, you know, tell them that I was living with HIV. Um, yep. And how I feel about disclosure is... I probably would have never used that word if it weren't for my HIV status. Like disclosure just doesn't seem like it would be a part of my vocabulary. Like for what? Like what do disclosed what? But it, I get it, you know, why it is a thing. But I wish that we could call it something else. I don't know. I don't even have a more user-friendly word to suggest. But disclosure sounds all technical and eh, I don't know. It definitely makes it sound like it's some like a secret. Like you have to tell a secret. Like I, I could definitely get it. Like why does it have to be something that I'm obligated to disclose? Like why can't it just be something in casual conversation? When I was speaking to someone from another state, I don't want to call the state out because I don't want to get it wrong, but he was telling me that they don't have to disclose there. And I was like, what? Yo, that's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder how differently I would be operating at this point if I weren't made to feel like I had to tell this part of me um, when engaging yeah. in, you know, certain behaviors. So I don't know. And honestly, um, I think that might be the reason why I have it all, not all over, but why I have it visible on my dating profile. Because it's like, I'll be damned if you're going to try to say that you didn't know that I didn't have a conversation, that you didn't know that I was positive. Because in Florida, it's a third degree felony. Um, I think it's up to a $5,000 fine and stuff like that. I don't got $5,000 sitting around. I'm not a person that's made for jail. So I make sure that as much as I can, you're not going to be able to say that you didn't know. And I haven't gone to the to the extent of doing like a sex contract. Um, I don't know if anybody's read Tiffany Marrero's um, blog. I think it's with the body. She did an article with about a sex contract specifically for that because, again, she lived in Florida. In Florida, we have a disclosure law. So you have to disclose your HIV status before being sexually active. So for me, I haven't gone to that extent as far as doing a sexual contract. But again, I'll be damned if you're not if you're going to sit here and say that you didn't know about my status, because anybody can tell you 
we know she told you her status because that's not one thing she plays about. Oh, but I, if we didn't have those laws, I don't know how I would like, I don't know how it would have played out at yeah. the same time. I don't know if I would be that open. Yeah, ain't that like different? Like, you know, I watch too many court shows and everything to, you know, know that it's one person's word against the other person's. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, no, I'm, how much could I please? I'm going to be on the first 48. I just don't want to be on the first 48. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> that's not even funny. But yes, that's the reality. Like, it no, I don't. Yo, one of them crazies I met off of the internet. I'm trying to tell you. So, you know, whatever happened. Online dating, for sure. We, I had the conversation with him. And he used my status as a way to get in. So when I disclosed to him, he was like, oh, well, my mom has it. Da, 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 da. So, you know, it was like some sympathy there and some compassion. Come to find out this Man's mom did not have HIV. And after what? we got done dealing with each other, he started sending me messages like, yo, CC, why you didn't tell me you had HIV? That it like sending this in text messages. I'm like, are you serious? And how quickly something like that could turn around and not, you know, be in my favor. Mm, mm. Mm, mm. I'll be honest, I did conversations with people and it, gets to that point where we're actually dealing with each other i'll screenshot something that shows we had a conversation in regards to my hiv status because and i feel like that's so bad because it definitely i already got trust issues from my ex i feel like that just plays into the trust issues is that you really feel like you can't trust people at the end of the day no matter how much you know a person Something might go wrong. They might decide to be salty. They might decide to be spiteful. And it's like, we have to do what we need to do to protect ourselves, plain and simple. Because at the end of the day, you can't count on nobody else to do that. Period. Is that bad that that I feel like that? No, not at all. Um, Portia was just saying in um, in the comments that she uses... Make sure that she does it so that she has a paper trail and you have to think of, you know, protecting yourself. Bridget said all these revelation, declaration, expose is complicated. Yes, it absolutely is complicated. Um, Lawanda's talking about how dating in the 40s can be frustrating. Yo, I I don't doubt it because dating at, in my early, I don't know, mid early 30s, this is complicated, too. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's complicated. You add HIV and I feel like it's a whole nother layer. Like, I feel like it's not even the same book sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same time, we deserve, because of it, we, at the end of the day, deserve love just like everybody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I can't, there are no other ways we going to find it. That's for you. That's for everybody that's listening. Sis, we're going to find it one day. Don't settle. Keep pushing. Then I got to love them. I got to love them back. You know, that's the issue, too, because <laughs> I don't know. Just because you offering your love don't mean I want it. Right. So. right. But that goes to not settling. Don't settle. Dating, obviously, you need to date to get to know people. But if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. Go. Don't sit and be miserable just because you think it's the best thing that you're going to get. I promise you, you'll get better. You'll get what you deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to touch this because I have some experience here as well. I want to know your input. So after disclosure, do the people you disclose to expect you to keep it a secret or not talk about it with like friends and family? Hold on, you're cutting out. What about friends and family? Like when you disclose to somebody, do they expect for you to keep that a secret and not tell other people? I honestly haven't come across that. Um, I haven't dealt with anybody long enough to get to the point of their families or their friends needing to know. But again, at the same time, I'm so public about my status 
that for me personally, if that was something you wanted me to keep a secret, I don't know that I would be able to continue on because while HIV isn't everything that encompasses me, it's part of my life. It's part of my business. It's the reason that I am the person that I am today. So I feel like if I was approached by somebody that I was dating to say, you know, I want to keep this private, like I could understand. Maybe I can't. I don't know why I'm saying and there's sentiments behind it. Because if you're going to love me and you're going to accept me, that means accepting everything that encompasses me, that comes with me. And HIV is part of that. And I'm so out there that eventually somebody's going to find out. If I'm not doing a local news article, I'm blogging for the Well Project, like somebody's going to find out. So if you're worried about what other people think, you don't love me like you say you do. You can't love me like you say you do if you're worried about what other people think. Yep. I've been there and did that because my husband, he, it was like a taboo situation. So where I felt like he accepted me in my status, it had to be a secret. And so that meant that I wasn't doing my advocacy work like I wanted to and knew that I was supposed to be doing. It meant that I was just like keeping everything pent up and for the for the sake of having a relationship. And I'm not beat mm-hmm. for that neither. No, we're not doing that again. Like I got too much that I'm supposed to be doing. And if I, I have to keep that part of me a secret to be with you, this is definitely not the relationship for me. Absolutely not. Yep. So I I have learned over time that, you know, the person that I'm going to be with, I guess one day, they are going to accept that part of me. They are going to get up, you know, and maybe speak with me. I did have a relationship like that as well, where the guy was so willing to go to presentations with me, you know, and be that, you know, that rock that I could lean on. But then it was so many other areas that I wasn't feeling with him. So just because you accept my status, once again, doesn't mean I had to be with you. So I don't know. It does seem like things are a lot easier in some ways, just deciding to be with by yourself, with yourself. Right. I definitely think to each its own. I think it depends on how prominent HIV in your life should determine if you are okay with keeping that information away from your significant other's family. I feel like for people like me and you, Cece, that's hard to do because it's not what we eat, breathe, and sleep, but it's also a big part of our lives in a professional standpoint as well. So I feel like for somebody who isn't an advocate, who isn't public with their status, that may be acceptable for them because they're like, you know what? My family doesn't even know. I don't want your family to know. Hell, the only reason I told you is because I have to. So I definitely think in a situation like that to each its own. Absolutely. Um, It took, I was involved in a conversation one time and just thinking about, yeah, you're not dating the whole family, but the whole family could in some way be impacted, you know? So I was at my girlfriend's event and she had her husband's mom get up and speak And the mom spoke about how afraid she was at first to hear that her son was dating someone that was living with HIV. And I could totally, you know, understand it. And thank goodness, you know, that mom took the time to get to know my friend. And, you know, they've been married for a while now and everything. So I think that it is absolutely possible. Um, And you're not dating the whole family. But I do see how they could be impacted. I missed how you said you could see how they could be impacted. Um, I actually am really interested to hear what you have to say on that, though. Oh, um, okay. My girlfriend's my girlfriend's married. She mm-hmm. has this husband. And the mom of the husband got up and spoke and talked about how nervous and afraid she was at first when the husband came back and told her that his, you know, woman was living with HIV. And I could understand, you know, that fear or not understanding, but I was, I'm grateful for them, 
you know that the mom took the time to get to know my girlfriend instead of just dismissing it or, you know, trying to get her son to stop talking to her and all of that stuff. So although you're not dating the whole family, everyone has the propensity to be affected. Not get that, but I don't care. I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because of you or your family. <laughs> and that's where I just am. I'm going to showcase this comment here. Um, my dream is to look out in the audience and see the man who loves all of me, HIV, and all while I accept my award as a NYT best-selling author. He'll also be by my side at the premiere of my biopic. Well, I know that's right. Yeah, speak all of that into existence. I feel like manifest it exactly. Yes. They are so important. Like, and if you could see that for you, I could see that for you too. Yes. And he'll be there. He'll be there. It'll come. It'll come. Don't settle. Don't stop believing. It'll happen. It'll happen for all of us. We might not all be accepted in an award for best selling author, but we're going (laughs) to look out one day and there's a man that loves. Absolutely. Until then, I'll just, you know, keep on loving on me, loving on my babies and, you know, creating a life that I want to. Um, Minus a man, because I realized that, you know, I probably (laughs) could do some time without one. I have I'm not one that often is without one. So it's kind of I I think I wrote a blog about it one time. You know, it kind of is a scary and unknown place for me, but it's fine. They ain't got nothing to do with HIV. They got something to do with stuff I got to talk about in therapy. Um, It is so healthy to be by yourself because I think that also allows you the time to understand yourself, understand what you like, understand what you don't like. And that's in just the company of another person, but also sexually. Like you have to know yourself as best as you possibly can before allowing somebody. Absolutely. So let's say, both say, my father-in-law saw me on Nigerian national TV where I disclosed publicly and he called his son to ask about the woman he brought home to introduce him. He said he had seen me on TV three times disclosing that she had HIV. Oh, so I see that wasn't like a conversation y'all had ahead of time, both say, because y'all didn't have to. But he called and I hope that he accepted you and I hope that you felt really, you know, loved and filled with love and warmth. Um, But yeah, what else? Everybody else has seen it. Why not? (laughs) Why not? So we're coming to the end. Do you have anything that you would like to leave the audience with? Like, what if a woman was newly diagnosed, right? And she's trying to get on the dating scene. What is your biggest piece of advice? You've offered some throughout this stream, but what's your biggest piece of advice to her? I think my biggest piece of advice to somebody who, whether they're newly diagnosed or newly just putting themselves out there is to remember that rejection is going to happen. It has nothing to do with you as a person. Rejection is inevitable. And just stand within yourself enough to know that you're smart, you're beautiful, you're worthy, you deserve love. And no matter how hard it gets, no matter how lonely it gets, don't settle because it's not worth it. Oh, well, I don't know what else I have to add on top of that. Absolutely. Yo, HIV is not all of you. Like, it's a piece of you. On most days, HIV is the last thing that I think about. So maybe not the last thing, but, you know, it's at the bottom of the list. It's not the first thing. So I don't feel like, you know, that's that's not how everyone else is going to experience you either. Um, go ahead and pour into them other parts of you. And the person that is supposed to be there for you will be there for you. You ain't going to hit the bag, yell, scream, shout, none of that. They're going to be there. Um, so with all of on you, reach out to us. We got you. Absolutely. The Well Project, I'm going to put our... Um, 
our website up here, there is a fantastic community of women here. You can always reach out to any one of the CAD members, read some of the blogs, you know, become a part of the community. I strongly, highly suggest it. And with all of that being said, thank you for joining us for the second episode of The Well Projects, A Girl Like Me Live. Please join us again in two weeks. Um, we will be discussing... COVID-19 vaccines with um, Gina Brown. I'm so excited. Um, we look forward to seeing you then. Y'all have a great, great day. Mm -hmm. Guys.